see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box. Recorded in beautiful Virgin Valley, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, Mesquite, Nevada, and find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com. Hosting today's episode is Rochelle Knight and Steve Dudrow. Let's go have some fun. Welcome to episode seven of The Art Box. And Rochelle, here we are, August 15th, the dog days of summer, 120 degrees in Mesquite, and it's hot. So what have you been up to? I've been working on um, something that, you know, is not gonna be for a presentation, but it's been something I've wanted to do for a long time, and that's I'm making really large color swatches of all my paints, and then I've been really getting into color theory and mixing colors. Uh, historically, I've bought what they call convenience colors, which means that um, colors in a bottle are ones that you could possibly just make yourself from other colors and so a lot of people a lot of artists do this where they'll buy six or seven and that their entire palette will be that and then they will mix from there and I guess I've been kind of lazy as far as mixing my own and it's so much easier just to buy all the beautiful colors that are out there but there are so many neat ones that you can make just uh, learning about color theory and then and mixing and I've been creating really large color swatches where I do you know two true colors and then what they would make when combined and then toned down with both white and gray and so it's been it's actually really cool and it's it's neat to be able to just grab different ones and say all right what do I think about these two different color combinations and I think it will make my painting actually go a little bit faster if I can have all of those colors worked out before I ever start a lot of times I use so many colors and they play off of each other and so I'll get them all on the canvas and you know one won't look well or look good with the with the color next to it and so then I change that well and it it kind of can create a domino effect of then I'm changing everything these huge color swatches I think are going to help me just become a little bit better artist as well as uh, faster with some of my paintings what what do you um, create them on just my cut up acrylic thick acrylic uh, painting paper into like eight by five squares and then just label color paint um, and then I cover them with a laminate just so they won't get ruined with all of my other paint so yeah so they're they're pretty cool I'll have to show them to you and maybe I'll take a picture and we can just put it on the website just because they are really neat to see and I think a lot of artists uh, really benefit from having that especially I think the bigger ones are better at least for me I think it's it's easier to visualize uh, on a painting when you have large swatches We'll, we'll need to remember and circle back to that yeah, it would be yeah. neat to talk more in depth, I think, yeah. with other people about uh, how they do that and, and, you know, do they use even convenience colors? That's kind of a big thing with different people. I think a lot of times people think that they're, a true artist is going to, to mix all of their own colors. It's kind of an interesting subject. What about you? What have you been working on? You know what? I want to go back a little bit. Top Gun. The movie Top Gun. Everybody's talking about Top Gun. 
And I know that you and your husband, Jeff, went to see it. We did. And me and my wife, Gwen, went to see it. You loved it. I did. And I gave it um, a 50%. Okay, so I was just wondering, what, be, besides the football game, <laughs> why did you like Top Gun? Well, I think the first one came out when I was in middle school. So, you know, giggly girl, just thinking Tom Cruise and Val Kimmler were the cutest things ever. And my sister and I had it on VHS, and we had a video uh, player in college, and we only had probably five or six movies, and so we would watch them continually. Top Gun was one of them, and so I pretty much had it memorized. And I think what I really liked about the new one is how true they were to the original and the characters, the setting. And I'm not sure if the word cinematography or, or what the actual word is, but the way that they filmed them as far as the original when he would be in the commander's office it was always really dark and they had just shutters and it was just it, the scenes were always very dark and I noticed that that on the new one they're very similar so I, I really appreciated I think just how true they were to the original and the original let's see I, I I just think that the original was so great that this one didn't live up Interesting. To, the, to the hype to me Interesting. so but I do have to ask you about Penny Benjamin, <laughs> but let's not give it away. We won't give it away. Well, we'll just say that I didn't recognize, and Steve did. It's pretty impressive. So, but let's see who else does. Um, our email address is artboxvv at gmail.com. Email us and let us know where Penny Benjamin was in the first episode, because she seemed to not be in the first episode. I don't remember seeing Penny Benjamin. I don't in think the we do. Episode. We do see her. My favorite line: "Talk to me, goose." <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. And your favorite line is? <laughs> Maverick's got the ball. <laughs> Maverick, you're at three quarters of a mile. Call the ball. Roger. Maverick has a ball. What a thrill. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Woo! <laughs> Today, we have one of my, certainly one of my favorite people, at, at least since I've been living in Mesquite, because we didn't know each other before I moved to Mesquite, and that's Brenda Slocum. Okay, and Brenda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming by today. And Brenda and I go back, I think uh, Gwen and I moved here in 2016, and I met Brenda when I got involved with Friends of Gold Butte. And take hikes together, we pick up trash, and we can get into the trash stuff later. You're right. We're here to enjoy the country setting, not to trash the place. You're right. Charles. Great to have you, Brenda. Brenda, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Um, I am actually an employee of Friends of Gold Butte, not a volunteer like yourself. And I'm the only employee of Friends of Gold Butte, so I feel fortunate about that. And I live in the Moapa Valley, which is about 30 miles south of Virgin Valley here in Mesquite. I am originally from Minnesota, and that was a long time ago. But I basically grew up and went to school and raised my kids and everything in uh, Boulder City and the Moapa Valley. So I have been here in northeast Clark County since 1999, and I love it. Yeah. Good, good place to live. Yes, it is, except the heat. Well, but you deal. Yeah, you deal. That's, that's why we have air conditioner, right? Thank goodness. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about Friends of Gold Butte and Gold Butte? 
Sure. Gold Butte, as you know, is a is a national monument, Gold Butte National Monument. It's one of uh, the newest, I believe it still is the newest, um, soon to be changed, but um, it was designated in 2016 by President Obama, and it is located south and east of Mesquite and is a beautiful area, about uh, 290,000 acres of everything from juniper slash pine forest to the desert floor and rock formations and all kinds of cultural remnants such as petroglyphs and all kinds of, of interesting things and animals and that to look at. And, and certainly one of the best things about Gold Butte is no other people. It's, it's pretty much just Pretty primitive. Us. It is. Yep. yep. When you go out during the week especially, yes. it's like you're hiking these places for the first time. Yes, mm. thanks in part to the road, which we refer to as paved-ish because <laughs> it's certainly not completely paved, but it keeps the riffraff out. Uh, it does <laughs> keep the riffraff out, doesn't it? But, but not some. I, I remember them. Remember they put the signs out there that says um, you can't get to the Grand Canyon through here. There's always those that try. Yeah, so oh, I wow. think that's always the uh, the convertible Mustang rental cars from Vegas. Yep, when you find one of those, you know they tried. <laughs> it's usually buried to the axles and, and left. Some of the things that I know that you kind of lead with Friends of Gold Butte is um, we have we schedule hikes. Yes. Um, through through the meetup application. Mm -hmm. Okay, and one of the, the Friends of Gold Butte. Um, they make sure that when we hike, like we have a wilderness first aid person on the hike. Yes, we try to do that. We try to have experienced hike leaders that have gone on a number of hikes themselves with other experienced people so they know the terrain and they know what they are likely to encounter out there. And we try to send uh, at least two of our volunteers with every hike, so in case of any type of emergency. And, and we try to train our people pretty well so they know how to handle things like that. Um, knock on wood, we haven't had too much go wrong in the time that I've been here, but I attribute that to the fact that my volunteers are super dedicated and well educated themselves on how to survive out in the desert. And we don't go in the summer when it's so darn hot. We pretty much don't. No. So, so which months I, is it? Sorry, what? September through May? Uh, let's go October through April to okay. be safe. Okay, all right, just yeah. you're right. Yeah, September's still a little warm, although we do usually have some things go on in September, like National Public Lands Day is usually toward the end of September. And um, we can fudge a little bit on that date, you know, for our local event, but um, it's it's still pretty warm when we do that. And then we try to wrap things up by the end of April just so there's no danger of, you know, of a 90-plus a degree day out there because that, you know, tends to melt people pretty quick. Yeah, that's about the limit, I think, yeah. is 98, yeah. Yeah, and the, the first time I hiked with you, Rochelle, um, it was September. Mm -hmm. okay. was September. I scheduled a hike, and Brenda says, Steve, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> and it got into the upper 90s that day, yeah. and um, everybody was, was pretty good. We had um, a, a little bit of heat problems, so I should have listened to <laughs> Brenda. Well, uh, you know, and I've made mistakes, too. I've had it be hot in October, you know, um, I've had the first week of November be hot, and you right. wonder what you were thinking, but you have to schedule things out a little bit, so you really can't, you, you know, generally October's pretty safe. Right. So, anyway. Well, we were lucky this year because we did, I think, find two days in May, believe it or not, that, we, that we're okay, I think. Yeah, that was at Hobbit Canyon. Mm -hmm. And so, that, you know, that was just kind of luck, and I think yeah. we scheduled it because we knew. It yeah, was and that's right. After that, that, then Frank also scheduled one. 
Yeah, yeah he did, and uh, unfortunately that one had no takers because it was already getting warm. Oh, but then, yeah. he's, then he did another one that we went on. Yeah. So, so what else? Um, let's talk about um, one of my favorite things, and you do it monthly, except in the summertime, <laughs> is the trash pickups. Yes, we do do that. Um, that was begun, I think they were even doing it before I came on board with Friends of Gold Butte, but over the years, and again, I was hired in 2016, February, um, and the monument wasn't designated till December of that year, but uh, we started out doing these trash cleanups, and we get anywhere from about probably 10 or 12 to about 30 people every month to come and pick up trash. And that's one of the amazing things about this organization is that if anyone would have told me that I could get people to come out in the desert and pick up trash that other people threw down for no money and no real reward, I would have believed that that was not possible. And now it's happened every month <laughs> since I came here, so I know it can happen. And I have to tell you about the, the biggest haul um, and I know this for a fact because I took it to a scale and weighed it, was the very first one I went on, we got 1,700 pounds of trash in one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, and it wasn't, it didn't even look like 1,700 pounds. I mean, we've had times when you've had a load of tires and stuff, and you know, they're pretty heavy. And sometimes they're occasional tractor part or something. Um, but that was, you know, I had no idea. But it was, I have a weight ticket, and I kept it because wow, nobody believed impressive. that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a, it really that's is. definitely something to celebrate. And we get, you know, each month we get anywhere from, I think the lowest I've ever had, I think was probably, uh, I, I think I recall this because it was the lowest, but it was 88 pounds of trash. And we maybe had eight or ten people, and they were all disappointed. And I thought, you know, it's a good thing because people are being a little more conscientious in that. But to go to 1,700 pounds, and we've had several that are over 1,000 days, of, you know. I know when I went, <clears throat> I found an old TV and a motorcycle that had crashed, you know, and the, all, you know, the whole parts weren't there, but windshield and a seat. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's large things. And there's just, of course, glass and cans. And well, and those big screen TVs are an excellent target, too, if people, they go out there and put them out there on purpose and then shoot them. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you get to pick up all the glass. But it's heavy. And so oh, every yeah. time we find something that's heavy, we all woohoo because yeah. it weighs more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <So> <laughs> we get credit for this. Yeah, that's how we measure it is by weight. So there you go. Now, you said there's no reward for the volunteers. And, and I want to hold that thought because that's going to come up a little bit later as part of our art conversation. Okay. If you're okay. Sure. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with, um, with the trash was what would you say the most interesting or weirdest piece of trash you've seen picked up out there? And it's weird that you would ask that because there are several. Um, well, you can do more than one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have kind of an informal competition each time we go out to pick the weirdest thing um, and those have ranged from you know the little toilet seats that you can set on a bucket and yeah. they have the closing lid and stuff when you have one of your volunteers walk up and they're holding that up, up by their face so their face is sticking <laughs> that's unusual um, I have had a volunteer find a, a debit card with money left on it which they promptly spent at McDonald's because it was $7. <laughs> oh, like a gift card one? Yeah, a gift card. Wow. It wasn't a McDonald's one. It was a, a Visa one. Sure. Um, I found a woman's driver's license from, I want to say, North Carolina that was not expired yet. And I just wonder <laughs> the bodies out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird. But I don't know. Uh, you know, it was 
definitely weathered, but it was still readable, and that's kind of strange. Um, I don't know. What have you found that's weird, Steve? Well, I mean, well really interesting. You had put together a trash pickup with um, um, UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, mm -hmm. I think sociology students. Mm -hmm. So we had all these students out there, and we kind of split them up between us old hands. You took a few. I took a few. Okay, so I had my two. We had picked up our mile or whatever, and we were driving in the car, and here comes one of the students over with a record. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was probably like a, um, a record for Victrola. Okay. And they said, they came over to the car window and they said, how did this hole get in the bottom of this bowl? Now I'd say <laughs> bowl because it had weathered and it had Melted. warped. Yeah. So, so it was a record. And then the two kids who were with me were like, I've never seen a record before. So they were like, oh, so, and you know, Brenda always, once we get done, then we go sit around on the top of trash buckets and we talk and we have lunch. Okay. And so they bought it back and I said, that's fine. We'll bring it back. So all you guys can see what a record it is, but we have to go back and we have to place it back because any trash that is over 50 years old is an artifact. And that has to stay out there. Yeah. And that's something that's a little bit hard for me because when I see a scatter of cans out there, I want to. I want to pick them up because I'd have been slapped if I left a bunch of cans out there, you know, at any point. But I, I we tell the the newer volunteers that if it's rusty, leave it. If it's if you can read the label, you, it's fair game. You can pick it up. Oh, that's a good and way to and that works most of the time. I've seen some things that come back and it's like I could read the label. I'm like, yeah, what have you got? X-ray vision or something because it, they really can't. But um, we did get one time. Oh, that's another cool thing. Was a uh, one of the old uh, like log cabin syrup cans yeah that is that's pretty cool but and that was i had forgotten to tell them not to pick up rusty things so it's like oh that's really cool we're keeping really it cool. you know and then um one of the other things was a sardine can with the that had the key i don't know if sardine cans still have a key i don't know either i don't eat sardines so i don't know but there was one that had the key in the thing and it was all rolled up but it was rusty, so we left it. it was, oh, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the reasoning for that is is that what is trash to us is um, research opportunities for, for archaeologists. For people in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why did that record go back to where it was? Well, archaeologists may look at it one day and say, you know, there was somebody who lived there. Or say, wow, how did this bowl get a hole in it? <laughs> <laughs> or they might. You're right. If it's, yeah, if it's a Gen Z or whatever right? archaeologist, yeah. you know. What is that? And Dagmar, I'm sorry. I'm not talking bad about you because you're young. But There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dagmar, we know. Dagmar's an archaeologist. And she's a tad young. Good for her. Um, so the other thing, Brenda, is, and I can remember just, I, I've had a lot of fun times with you through the years, some of the things we've done here, but um, I think the very first wilderness first aid class that you had taught here, and, and Brenda, thank you for allowing us to use the Friends of Gold Butte office here, Absolutely. by the way, but so we had a, um, we had the training here, and our, all of our good friend Sharon McDonald was teaching it, and, um, and Sharon, her husband, Mike, he can make do good things with makeup so half of the class had to stay here half the class went in front of the building now to note next door is a beauty salon hello gorgeous beauty salon for that matter we'll give them a plug huh um so mike's out there making them up so we have i think frank and brenda who are out there getting these horrible gash wounds made up on their knees and legs and heads 
and a lady comes out of Hello Gorgeous and probably almost faints. And Frank's saying, no, 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 we're just here for a class. Don't call 911. Right. Yeah. So we've had some good times with those classes. I can think of Jenny with a splint being put on her head. True. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. funny as well. Yep. And yeah, thanks to Sharon for teaching those. That was a, a really wonderful opportunity. And we get to have a lot of fun when we do stuff like that. It's, it's serious business, but it's lighthearted approach. So. Yes, it is. And it's good we have wilderness first aid. I think everybody's a little more comfortable. Yeah, let's go with a little more comfortable. Yeah, well, I, I, I'd still I, call 911. I, I know the day that I took a hard fall, um, Lois was there um, to help me. And, uh, of course, one of the first things you're supposed to do is say, Hi, my name is Lois, and I'm Wilderness First Aid trained. So I fell. I got the wind knocked out of me. She got me comfortable. And then after all that, we're ready to go. She says, oh, by the way, I'm Lois, and I'm Wilderness <laughs> First Aid trained. Of course, yeah. So what other fun things have we done? I remember I have pictures of you painting this place. Yeah, but. we've painted. I don't know if that was the fun part, but the walls are a nice even color now, so I guess it had some benefit. But yeah, we've painted. Um, we painted the windows at Christmas time. We've gone, oh gosh, we've done a lot of fun things. I, this is a really good job because I get to do fun stuff and meet fun people and it doesn't feel really like work. But, be out in beautiful uh, Yeah, be out in the outdoors and enjoy that. Um, not in June <laughs> or July <laughs> or August, possibly September, but other than that, it's great. You bet. So tell us about some of the fundraisers that you do for Friends of Butte. Okay, so we do an uh, annual auction it's an online auction. Um, we started the first year we did it, uh, it was three years ago, I think. And we'd been kind of kicking it around at a board meeting, whether to have this silent auction or not. And I've, I'm from a background of uh, other organizations that we do some silent auctions. And I thought, well, let's have one. And, and finally, I got permission from the board. And they said, if you can um, get 10 things donated, you, you can have the auction. So I went and got 10 things like right now. And my goal was $1,000. And I thought that was good for the first time in that. And so um, we ended up having about 40 things donated overall and raised about 2800 I think, for the first one. So that was good. And so, um, you know, I had help from volunteers. They went and grabbed, you know, donations from the community. People gave stuff. You know, some of it was perceived as possibly the white elephant type auction, and they gave stuff that they just could not get rid of otherwise. <laughs> but somebody bought all that stuff. So it worked out really well. And then we've had it, and it's grown every year since then. And now we have it online. Um, and it's we have a event every December to celebrate the um, the designation of the monument. It's a kind of a thank you to our volunteers and a, you know, yay, go Gold Butte type of a thing, a birthday party for it. And so we have this silent auction and, um, or online auction, and it just gets better every time. We get more and more stuff. And this year, I tell myself this every year, but this year we're starting in August to get ready for this. So it's not a two-week project. It's a six-month project as it should be. So Yeah, and I helped a bit last year. and Oh, you were great. And the community, no, I, I, everyone I asked said, sure, great. Yeah, and I this. found that and too. It's most of them, you know, and, and it's weird though because I think some of the, 
businesses and stuff like that that would be just a no-brainer they've like uh i don't know you know and right. but then everybody else says yeah let's, what else can i do exactly. so it's it's really good yeah and it's given us a positive i mean other other organizations have come and said how did you do that and what platform did you use to do that and i've actually gone and spoken at other organizations to you know to give them the idea or not the idea but the the means by which to do this because we use a site called better world and it's um it do, they don't charge us it's a they're a nonprofit as well so yeah and it's really easy to set up and, it is and yeah when just even the bidding process i think worked really well yeah and that's what you know you pay for it on a credit card ahead of time and mm-hmm. you know it's a done deal we don't have to go collect money first year was a little collecting money thing but we got smarter after that <laughs> so well, that's a really good idea yeah yeah it worked well so so, oh, go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say, you said fundraisers. Yes. Um, another thing is a new thing we've started doing. And actually, you know, Friends of Gold Butte is um, totally run by grants and donations. We, that We don't, you know, it's not a government-sponsored thing or anything like that. So there's no guarantee that it'll be around next year if we don't get grants and donations. So we have to do a little fundraising. And one of the things we've started doing recently is a paint night. And that's been really fun. And Rochelle, um, you know how about that. Well, and Steve was there too, so (laughs) everybody painted. I just didn't get to paint. (laughs) But it was fun, and um, we're going to start doing those here pretty regularly. We've got another one scheduled for next week, the 16th of this month, and then we're branching out and going to Moapa Valley the following week and seeing how that goes. Oh, so that's a Friends of Gold Butte. It is, and we're going to partner with the Moapa Valley Revitalization Project and use their venue and split the proceeds with them. That's great. So come next Thursday if you want. I think it's next Thursday. Um, I'll pour the wine, and and you can paint in my place. It, well, okay, except See? I have a tam card. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, we, we have better. to be legal. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And this has gone out over yeah, the airwaves worldwide. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Connie and I have our tam cards, so we're good to go. Well, and I think it's great. Just like we said, it's too hot to go out to go participate in the other things during the summer months. And so these paint nights are great, especially people who do stay local. Mm-hmm. It's great to have something, something to do. To, yeah, yeah. The, and you're going to get to people, you know, get around people and friends. And We had a blast at the one that you did. It was yeah, fun. And it was not only fun. did we create something really cute and people liked it and... I, you know, we had we had men there, and, yeah, and then we had men couples. that came to pick up their wives that said they were going to come the next time. So right. there you go. Right. So yeah. yeah, and we and Brenda picked out a really unique idea as far as um, the medium. We used flagstones and used a, a template, a, like a gecko template, and then we decorated those in acrylic and it just it looked really neat it was very unique yeah they look real cute so I think I think that's something we'll do that type of thing again I have another artist in mind that's going to come next fall and she wants to do it on wood and and she does some really really beautiful work and I said yeah we're not going to quite look like that but (laughs) but we can come close we can try sure yes let's try and that's the best part is just trying and, and learning yeah so that'll be fun well, so back to what Steve had pre- uh, previously mentioned as far as when we have the cleanups and we have lunch, and then we also usually have a very special treat created by you. <laughs> and so I was hoping we could go into uh, this hobby that you have of creating cakes and cupcakes and catering. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to decorate cakes, and cupcakes are better for something like a trash pickup because you don't have to cut it, you don't have to have plates, everybody gets their cupcake, and then the little cupcake cup goes in the trash bag and adds a little weight, so <laughs> that's good. Um, but yeah, and really and truly, to me now, I mean, I 
I've always baked. I, you know, I, I like to bake and I've always cooked. Um, but it's been a lot of fun about the last 10 years. Uh, a friend of mine and I, we decided we were going to teach ourselves to do things with fondant. And that's great. Fondant is the grown-up Play-Doh <laughs> that I always knew it would be. And it's, it's fabulous, fun to work with but it doesn't taste very good. Mm -hmm. So I've had to get better at buttercream because yes. everybody likes that. Yes. So um, if, if it's a big cake or like a wedding or a birthday and they have a special thing or a theme or whatever, yeah, I can do that with fondant. But I try to put enough buttercream in there so it at least tastes good. Right. And the cupcakes are fun because I can do them faster with a piping bag than I ever could with a knife. <laughs> and they look and they a look lot better. Yes, yes, they look good. So everybody's impressed, and it's almost no work, and cha-ching. <laughs> so tell us about uh, some of the cakes that you've done. I remember that you were doing, I think it was a lavender and lemon. I did a lavender and lemon cake. Yeah, it was good. It was for a very dear friend of mine. Actually, she's my sister's mother-in-law, and she was having a birthday. She's in her 70s and loves lemon. So we did lemon, and I did candied lemons for the top of it and bought lavender sprigs to put on it. And it was it was fun, and it's a little different than what I usually do, because usually I'm up to my elbows in fondant and trying to create Mickey Mouse or sure. Cinderella or something for a kid cake. Um, but this one was a little more classy and right. It was beautiful, upscale. Yeah, and I like stuff like that. And and you know, like the wedding cakes and stuff are fun. And you, I mean, I have fun with fondant, but I would rather eat the buttercream. Right. So and I've seen yeah. that too. They're so pretty with the fondant. But then a lot. I just went to a wedding that had that, and you can tell they cut it, and everyone eats just around the it. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Well, and I didn't know that. I, I make my own fondant. I use um, marshmallows, and it's basically marshmallows and powdered sugar and oh. a little bit of water, and that's fondant. And that and, sounds great. Mm, well, except <laughs> I don't like marshmallows. So I don't even like marshmallow fondant because it's too marshmallowy. Um, but but it's cheaper than buying it. It tastes better, mm -hmm. and you can still color it any color you want and, and do, you know, do great things with it. some of your cakes I know they're they're all really creative and and have had amazing ideas well and okay so I don't have amazing ideas I <laughs> I don't have a lot of creative stuff going on in my head but I can copy damn near anything so <laughs> so what I ask my clientele to do is find something that they like a picture of it and I can copy it pretty well and I've had some where I've gotten a little more creative and, and gotten to invent something. And, or they'll say, I want a cake with horses for my 11-year-old daughter. And I'm like, okay, I got it, you know, because right. I do horses anyway. But, um, but one of the ones that I think was, it was creative on my part, mostly because I didn't want to do what the woman wanted. And this was a long time ago. One of my first ones was... Um, she was recently divorced and she wanted a celebration cake for that event. <laughs> and what she had asked for was a skull that looked like her husband with a knife sticking out of it. And I thought, eh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> First of all, I probably couldn't do a skull very well. And I wasn't going to, that's like voodoo. I wasn't sure. going to do it. So I did, uh, um, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, this is about as bad, but I did a divorce cake that was an inverted three tier cake. So 
on the bottom would be the little six inch, then it would be the eight inch, then it would be the 10, you know, so it was pretty big. And it was horribly balanced because it was upside down, but it made it to its venue. Um, and coming out from the underneath was the groom's legs and blood. So it was, it was cool, I guess. And she was impressed. She thought that was cool. And she agreed that it probably was best not to put his likeness on <laughs> with a knife. That's just poor taste. You know, so. so do you have a picture of it? I don't. I that was about four phones ago. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and I keep my phones a really long time. So unfortunately, I don't. And I don't think I could create that again because, like I said, it was. And and I know more now. I that was <laughs> that was when I didn't know about doweling cakes to make okay. them sturdy. And so, oh, actually, the one of the very very first ones I did was a. Um, it was a fire hydrant, and it had special meaning because one of the parties was a retiring police officer who had, in his youth, stolen a fire hydrant. And this was brought up as a, a joke. And I said, can you make a fire hydrant cake? I said, well, yeah, heck yeah, I can do anything. you know. So I had, I think, as I recall, it was only like a six-inch diameter cake, but I think it was nine layers, eight or nine layers. It was tall. It was about maybe, I don't know, two feet tall. And I did <laughs> Rice Krispie um, for the little round things on the sides, you know, oh, and the little bolts and stuff. Uh -huh. And I frosted it in flaming yellow buttercream. I had pictures on my phone of real fire hydrants because I live in the country. We don't have fire hydrants. <laughs> I, there's not one at my house or anywhere near it. So, I mean, there are some, but there's not very many. And I'd kind of forgotten what they look like. So I had this thing, and I did not it was frosting and cake and that's like unheard of because you dowel everything yeah and I didn't even think about that yeah and it made it okay so it went from Logandale to Las Vegas stayed in a fridge in Las Vegas went to Henderson and back to Las Vegas and it didn't fall over <laughs> and, and I asked when I you know heard that it had made it to the party I said did it collapse no and I thought, oh that's go me because yeah. that's pretty good so when you say dowling does that mean i know you know if you go to a wedding and they have the columns a lot of times that yeah you can actually see are these well it's ones? actually you just stick a, a wooden dowel like a um oh a skewer or something like uh -huh. that or a or actually i just use like a quarter inch wooden dowel and cut it to length and put it in the cake to add stability okay and to inside. hold hold up the top pieces because usually you put them in um you know on separate boards and stuff or, or you can use bubble tea straws oh that's a great idea too yeah so now what about i was just thinking about the top of the fire hydrant do you ever i was trying to visualize like how would you get different um not textures but if you almost like sculpting do you ever have to kind of trim part of the cake to give it yeah it, well i cooked that the top of it was in a made in a mixing bowl okay and so it was rounded and then i just carved it okay. you know just oh, you freeze yeah. it a little bit yeah. and then you carve okay. it with a, with a serrated knife so, so then you yeah. get to it, there's lots of different art that yeah so i watch used to watch i had don't so much anymore but i used to watch cake boss <laughs> and some of the stuff i don't know if you've ever seen that but it's uh there's it's um Buddy Velastro, and Buddy is from, I believe, New Jersey, and, you know, total back east accent and everything, and he's a master at creating these things, and he does everything, um, like huge cakes, like 
like a pool table size cake, really, really big, oh, wow. uh, depending on the theme. And what I realized after watching a lot of episodes of Cake Boss is that um, there's a lot of construction and engineering involved, and there are things like wooden platforms and metal and stuff to hold his stuff together. And there's not a lot of it that's just held together with cake. Right. I mean, you can eat it, but it's got the structure, you know, the infrastructure. So I, having not had that background and not knowing anything about that just put them together and you know you don't know what you don't know right lots of stuff you never even <laughs> so, think about yeah so uh, they so far they've held I, i've had one or two that came apart I, I did a wedding cake uh oh it's been several years ago and it was big um like four tier and it was, they were going to uh, decorate it with fresh flowers. And they wanted each of the tiers a different flavor. It's just no problem. I can do that. And I had it decorated, you know, like with the little piping, you know, swirls and uh -huh. stuff like that. And I took it to the place. It was going to be in a backyard. And they had a refrigerator on the back porch that was designated for this cake. All the shelves were out except the bottom one. And I stuck it in there. And and I had to go to work. I had to, I actually had a tabling for Friends of Gold Butte in Vegas that um, that I was supposed to go to. And I am at the end of the driveway, backing out of the driveway on my way to go to town. And one of the bridesmaids comes flying out of the house and she says, hey, 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 the cake is broken. And I'm like, what? Because I know I doubt it. And I know, you know, it was fine. I, you know, sure. <laughs> it was fine. And I go in there and there's another bridesmaid in there and they're not dressed yet or anything this was a backyard wedding but they're not dressed and she was in the backyard or in the refrigerator on the porch she had her hands through the bottom layer and she was trying to hold up the top three tiers and oh my gosh and i'm like what did you do to nothing it just fell and i'm like oh my heck oh, you that's know? heartbreaking oh it was talk about i mean i just like oh my gosh you know because this was a pretty big wedding and they needed all that cake and so I got the top three tiers, put them, you know, pulled out the bottom one, put the top three tiers, shut the door and says, do not open this door ever. You know, right. just do not get in this refrigerator. And I was freaking out. I called, because this was about one in the afternoon, and I was supposed to be in town by like three. And um, the wedding was at five or something like that. There's no time to bake anything. Okay. And so I called our grocery store to see if their bakery had a cake. Well, they don't do big round ones. They do big rectangular ones. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have anything that big because the bottom, I think the bottom on that one was like a 12 or 14 inch. It was big. And so I, <laughs> I called the Smiths in Mesquite because I'm down in the Moapa Valley. I called the Smiths in Mesquite. They didn't have anything that big. I called Freed's Bakery in Las Vegas, and they said, yeah, we can do that, but you'll need six weeks. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, this is like today. And I go, oh, sorry, good luck with that. So I go to Costco. I drive to Vegas to Costco, 900 miles an hour. And I had stopped off at the house again where the cake was to be, and the gal's mom and I are friends. And, and she said, do what you need to do. You know, I know you, I, I'm calm. I know you'll fix it. Why do you know this? I'm not even <laughs> calm, you know. So I drive to Vegas. I grab a big rectangular cake from Costco, drive it home, and I decide, am I going to cut it round like the rest or not? And I thought, I'm going to screw that up. So I just scraped off the Costco Happy Birthday Susie or whatever it said and redecorated it and brought it in there. You know, had it with my same buttercream so it looked the same. And I told him what I did, and I went and we put it together, and it looked terrible. 
it, it just didn't work. And because I just didn't like the change. And I said, sure. you know what? How about this? How about we take it apart? You have a three-tier cake. And you'll have this cake. You can eat it. And by the way, they had e- eaten most of the one that got ruined. They were all sitting there with forks and spoons <laughs> eating it. She's like, this is really good. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you like it. And well, at least you didn't go to waste. No, there was no waste. This no waste with this crew. And um, so I, you know left in shame you know they came and they oh they brought flowers to do it the, the fresh flowers and I wasn't even in charge of that and I just said do you have the fresh flowers and they had these two pieces two bunches of flowers not what she had ordered not not four and the wrong size and they were like wilted and I'm like seriously okay why don't you go ahead it's yeah. crappy it's... anyway just go ahead destroy it so they did and <laughs> and this girl, the girl, and I've known her forever, and, and she was very particular about her wedding and just, you know, how they really want everything right and stuff. And I was honored to be able to do this, and then I'd screwed it up, and I just felt terrible. And so her mother um, paid me for the cake, and I said, oh, no, I'm not taking any money because I screwed it up. And she goes, no, no, you went through the work. And, she's, and she didn't even know I'd driven to Vegas. But she gave me a says, you cash that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. And she says, cash it. So I'll just let it, you know, go by the wayside and not cash it and stuff. So then it's been, and I couldn't even bring myself to talk to the girl at all. I just avoided her. (laughs) (laughs) So I was over at the county arena riding about six weeks after this over. And here comes this girl on her horse. And I'm just like, no way. And I'm here by myself, and there's no way I can leave without seeing her. And I just thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. And so I said, hey, how are you doing? How are you liking married life? And she goes, oh, I love it. It's so good, you know. And she goes, thanks for doing the cake. And I'm like, yeah, you're being sarcastic, right? And I said, I'm really sorry. And she goes, for what? And I said, for all the stuff that went on. And she goes, you know, I looked at it, and I thought, I thought we had said four tears, but I thought, maybe I said only three. It looked fine. Oh, so she didn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Here, I've obsessed about this sure. thing for weeks, and I just thought, okay, well, I'm cashing that check. <laughs> she <laughs> was happy. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. one thing yeah. that you don't think about. Or I mean, I do. Like, I can't even get something to a potluck without it sliding around in the back. Oh, yes, you can. And I saw your potluck stuff here. Well, that was your mom. <laughs> that was my mom. <laughs> okay. But what, I mean, it's things that people don't think about. How do you get something that beautiful all in one piece to one place? I mean, that's a whole art in itself. Well, you totally take a piping bag and you totally take extra frost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, because that, ha- oh, well, I did one like, what was like two weeks ago. Um, and it was just, it was for, oh, I do cakes for an organization called Icing Smiles, and it's cakes for um, children who are critically or terminally ill. And it's an organization, a nationwide organization, and it's, you know, they get a free cake, and they can their siblings can have one too, and it's just a, it's a kind of give back thing that I do. A friend of mine got me into it years ago, and I had done a cake for uh, a small, a little boy in Vegas, and I took it to a friend of mine's house because we were doing another paint night. It was fun. We did that for a birthday. And so I left the cake in her fridge uh, overnight. And I was going to finish it in the morning, finish decorating. And I had my extra frosting. And I'm, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Saturday morning, you're just like, eh, you know. Um, but I go to take it out of the refrigerator and a can of beer that tipped over and oh, no. hit the cake oh, no. and so there's a can of beer with cake all over the top of it and a big hole the size of a beer can in the cake and I sent her she had had to go to work so I sent her a picture on my phone and I said 
haha, glad I brought extra. <laughs> you know? So you learn. Fill in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just had a big chunk of plain frosting where that was, but yeah, it turned out fine. So. Oh yeah, that's so much. I think that's that's a lot harder than other kinds of art because by the time I'm moving mine, full first it's only hopefully a light it's canvas, dry. But yeah, yeah, it's dry, but. Yeah, there's a lot of pitfalls with well, that. Well, and, you know, sometimes, at this time of year especially, because it's so hot, right. and you, like, I've done things before that you take them over and you ask the person, do you have refrigerator space for this? It will be X amount of inches tall by this much wide and deep. And I said, do you have refrigerator space? Yes, they do. Okay, so you get over there, and they do, but the party's outside <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> and it's like... Um, how long is this going to be? Oh, we're starting at three, and we're going to have the the dinner at six. And I, oh my heck, you know right. it's not going to work. Right. But that's on them. It I, is. I'm yeah. I've gone. By you it. delivered it. I delivered it. Yeah. And that's yeah. I do like to deliver them because then it's my fault if it happens while it gets there, and after that it's their fault. Right. So then you can be done. Yeah. So tell us about some of your other art. I've seen some of the. Is she Brenda does all kinds of stuff, and she uses different mediums, and the creativity is it will just amaze I just you. like to try different things. Um, I like to do, I like to paint. I'm more of a, a sketcher, a drawer, than a painter. And I've only recently um, gotten involved very much with painting, I would say in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. Um, and, you know, I've always painted things, like, but it was crafts and stuff rather than... In fact, I just um, actually was introduced by you, Rochelle, to real acrylic paint as opposed to craft paint, which I've... There I've is done, a difference. I, you think? Yeah, I've done a lot of uh, things with craft paint because I thought it was paint, it's paint. Sure. You know? I've done some things with house paint because they were outside. Right. And, and it works, you know, because it lasts a little bit better. But, but now that I've discovered tubes of paint as opposed to little bottles with right. snap lids. They're and thicker. And, yeah, yeah, they work really well. And one of these days I'm going to get past the student stage. <laughs> then it I, really gets expensive. Well, whatever. You know, yeah. if you're doing something cool, it's, yeah. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, and it definitely is. My mom always had this saying of if you're going to put the time into it, you got to, you know, because if, you, if you're going to spend 20 hours doing a painting, you got to make sure that it's the great stuff because you want it to last. You want time. it to last. Yeah, and if you're going to put your time into it. It's true. And I just, if you don't know what you don't know, again, right. you know, I just... Craft paints paint. Well, and you of know. course, and it's a great and place. And it's 50 to, cents a bottle. Well, and it's a great place so, to start. Yeah. And there's 400,000 colors. I think that's a, the boon well, is you go in there and it's, wow. Yeah, there's all kinds of colors. But mm -hmm. I mix a lot of colors because, you know, I have a lot of paint left over, so you just mix right. them together. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, that's been fun. And I, I like to do murals. I like, I've done a few. Um, I actually had some people down in my valley. Well, I've done them in Boulder City, too, when I lived there. But I've had some people... Um, ask and that's one of the good things about social media i guess is because they say well we need x or y or z painted on this wall and i'm like eh, i can do that and then i watch who responds and if it's somebody that i know is really good i don't respond but if it's if nobody responds then i'll say and i usually don't say it on facebook i'll private message them and say i could do that or you know let me show you what i can do and and so and probably works out really well because I'm pretty cheap when it comes, it comes to that. Because I don't know how to value, and it's hard, to, right, yes. to value your work. Right, and you should. You I know, know. And, I know. It, and it's hard. You know, that's one of those hardest things I think about art is we never feel like we're good enough. We're always comparing. Yeah. And, you know, and then sometimes we look back and it's like, oh, wait, that was really good. I, why well, was I so hard on ours? And we talk a lot about our, our critics in our head. We're the worst critics we of are. ourselves, I we think. We are. Yeah. 
And Tyler said something interesting in, in the first episode we did that you have to make friends with, with your critic. And, and he works really hard. And he had some really cute tips about how to make friends with your critic. and, and make Your sure critic that, being yourself? Uh-huh. Oh, your yeah. inner critics. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'd like to learn those. I'll have to I listen know, to that too. podcast. Well, and well his, his critic had a name. Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be yourself because that would be bad. Yes. Especially with the things you're going to say about Bruno. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, your critics have names. I, I have two, actually. My really nice one is, is Goldilocks. And then the one that I spend most of my time with, her name is Ursula. <laughs> She's going to be a little nasty. But um, one thing that Tyler said, too, is is that he turned his around and said, okay, Bruno, I don't want to talk to you unless you have positive, or not positive, productive things. If you can help me. Exactly. Right. Otherwise, yeah. Know, please Otherwise, just butt be out. quiet. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I don't know about you. I, I know you lock yourself in your studio sometimes. and Sometimes I wish I, I could lock myself in my studio, but A, I don't have a studio. And B, when I lock a room in someone else's house, they think I'm weird. So, <laughs> yeah, so I have to let, you know, and when you, when you have, like, the kids and stuff all sure. watching, and I don't know. I I did a cake one time that was a Cars cake, the, the movie Cars. Uh-huh. And I had Lightning McQueen almost done, and I had the checkered flag on the bottom. It was cute. It was a cute cake. And my granddaughter, who at the time was five or six, said, Grandma, that's not what Lightning McQueen looks like. (laughs) And I said, it isn't? And she said, no. And I said, well, what does it look like then, smart Uh pants, you know? And she helped me. And it did look just like Lightning McQueen because she has an eye as well. And she's a really good little artist. She's 12 now, and she's she's real, real handy. But. And I was lucky enough to take a pottery class with her. Yeah. <laughs> she was wonderful. She actually gave me the cutest ideas for, for she, my stuff. Yeah, so her she's, egg. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's, she's a pretty good little sketcher and drawer, too. And she does some things that are pretty pretty fabulous. And that's kind of fun to see because her mother thinks it's because she's related to me. I'm sure. But I, yes. I doubt it. She's just a drawer you know and I was a drawer my sister's a drawer we draw well it's something so. you can do together yeah yeah we've painted a few things together well but. so back to your murals do you do inside only or have you done some outside things? I have done a few outside things um I did I do like people's fences in their backyard sometimes <laughs> so what kind of what's your subject matter like flowers oh, it depends on things? yeah whatever they want usually yeah it's um the ones I've done outside are bed flowers mostly and I don't paint flowers very well but uh, you can again. I can copy anything okay. if I have a good. Oh, I'd love to see pictures if you have. Them. I don't. Okay. <laughs> so are these cinder block or wood fences or both? Um, wood or wood cinder block. Okay. Yeah, I've done both, and then um, I've done a little bit. Well, I helped on the mural for the uh, visitor center up here. Joan Day, a good friend of mine, she did the the hard stuff, and I did some of the fill in stuff. But she was on a deadline, and it was like, ah. So right. we both helped. Um, but the indoor ones, I, I like those because it's climate controlled. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know what the paint's going to do. You know what it's going to do, and it looks exactly, you know, in six months, unless someone's graffitied it, it looks exactly the same as it did when you left. So Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's fun. But I do um, I, mostly kid things because nobody trusts me with adult stuff on their wall yet. But, uh, you know, like a, a action figure or a... a a character out of a cartoon or something like that I can replicate that pretty well so. oh I think that'd be so yeah. fun it is fun it is fun it's getting the colors right in that so it looks like you know what so it's they work to well be. together yeah, yeah yeah well I did a car's wall too and it turned out super cute it I mean I was impressed with my wall I hope they still have it, it I don't know the people real well but and their child is probably older than cars right now but 
uh, and it was several years ago, but God, I would have kept it because it was so cute. <laughs> well, and that's one thing with murals is you don't get to take them anywhere. Well, you know, um, one of the things that I found out when doing murals, they had an, uh, an ad for a, a muralist in our valley for a public building uh-huh. a number of years ago, and I thought about applying, and it was, I thought, wow, that would be cool, you know, to be able to do this. But again, the creativity part stifles me because I, I couldn't think of what, what it would look like. I couldn't get it in my head. And you had to have a, um, an example of your work. And I thought, well, I don't have anything like that's going to look. And I can draw what they needed drawn, but what was that exactly, you know? And so you had to have an example and you had to have a, a portfolio. And since I don't do, you know, that level, I don't have those things. And I thought about my little cars mural, and I thought, oh, that'd be great, but it it wasn't going to work. And they were paying a lot of money they to do. have this done. And I thought, wow, you know. And so they actually, I mean, like tens of thousands of dollars. And I thought, whoa, you know, all I would have to do is like a couple of those a year, and I'd be, you sure. know, I'd be done. Right. You know, I didn't wouldn't need any more money. And that I can't think of a better way to spend your time. That right. would be super fun. But I didn't apply, and the folks that did apply, um, I've later met almost all of them, and, and they're very, very talented, and they should have applied. They should have been selected. Um, but the, the person that they did select, um, and this is something I didn't know you could do either, that person doesn't even live here, but they painted it on um, pieces of, of plywood or something and and then they put them up on the wall and I thought you could do it at home seriously I've never heard that that's a great idea yeah yeah they did that so I thought that was uh that and so that's how we did this one the one over at the visitor center is on pieces of plywood at home we didn't stand up there and paint it on the sign well then and then you can take it back down and maybe even use it sometime well and that's the thing is we wanted it like that because if you know we had gotten a grant to do that for friends of gold butte and i thought i don't want it just to be taken down if they don't want it sometime because who wants their work painted over exactly yeah so we could take it and put it somewhere else if we had to so yeah so i was just gonna i was just in salt lake a couple weeks ago and i saw an advert or an announcement that uh, one of the smaller cities there wants to do a mural a pretty big size mural and the the it is what they were giving was fifty thousand dollars and I thought oh my gosh what a fun thing and you know and I thought and I'm always one to throw my hat in the ring you know I wish I was that brave I would love to do that at the deep end but one thing that it it did say again just like you said is they want to see your portfolio they want to know that you've done but you have a portfolio well but I've never done something like that and 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 it is it's a a completely different beast but it it is I was just going to go back to what you said is how how do you get that first experience and you do it for free and you do it for a friend that's true yeah yeah. and make sure and take pictures and yeah yep that's it well, and with that one, since then, um, Joan, um, we had talked about doing uh, one. They had, uh, I think it was Tonopah or Goldfield, one of those little towns up in central Nevada. They had wanted someone to do a um, mural on a wall that was, it said the word Tonopah, I uh-huh. think, and it had, you know, things that related to Tonopah in that mural. And I thought, oh, I could come up with a lot of that. I've spent time in Tonopah. You know, and I I Googled it, of course, and so, yeah. So um, we talked about it, and she says, well, I'll, I'll put our, you know, put us in if you want. And then we thought, okay, you had to get it done in X amount of days. It had to be done by April 15th. And I'm like, April in Tonopah is cold, and it was on the wall. 
You couldn't outside. Outside. Okay. And you couldn't do it somewhere else. You had to do it there. And I thought, yeah, no. <laughs> well, know, that gets into those constraints as far as is the paint even going to dry? Is it going to cure? Is it going to dry? Um, how cold will you be? Um, right. Is the weather going to cooperate enough days for you to get it done? Right. And, and you can't like paint that. with cold fingers. Or I don't oh, think I no. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So, so, no. But someday I want to try that. And I hopefully will get to. Well, before we started, Brenda mentioned that there's a pretty good size wall in the Frenzico Butte Visitor Center. And we're, we're just looking at it that, hey, this is a pretty nice big canvas. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah. We you know, have to get permission from the landlord, but I've always thought, you know, you can always paint over it when sure. you leave if, oh, yeah. if you stop running here yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be fun. And uh, I can't think of any better deal than to have you come do it I would and together we could do it together we could and a lot of these big ones even this one I mentioned in Salt Lake it, it was for a team you know you made a proposal yes. as a team and, and I think that would have to definitely most of those would definitely be a joint right you know because you have right. to have a lot of equipment to get you up high and all kinds of stuff but yeah scaffolding is important if you're going to be tall and uh, I've, I've driven down in Southern California and uh, there's a city down there called 29 Palms I don't know if you know um, but they have some really cool murals down there, and I've just taken pictures and just thought, huh, you know, these are cool. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of the history of the area. And really, you know, these towns, I mean, Mesquite has quite a bit of history. Uh, I think it would be neat. And our little valley mm -hmm. has a lot, too. And there's some murals there now. We've gotten a few. Um, but, you know, I think that really dresses up. I would think so too. A downtown area. Well, yeah, and, and especially, especially if it's just a square building, you know. Right. I was just going to say that's kind of plain, and and I have heard some rumors uh, going about that maybe Mesquite. Uh, I don't want to throw anybody out and say for sure, but that there are some mm -hmm. places that are. Uh, are kind of up for, for that thought. Well, maybe. and that mural that's at the visitor center, we just got lucky in that the woman that was um, in charge of that at the time, Janice Redondo, um, I, you know, we got this grant for a mural, and it can't be in our visitor center because it's an outdoor mural, but we didn't give a location because <laughs> we didn't have a location. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where can we put this? And so every place that I had seen or asked about it was either you know not appropriate they didn't want it they didn't you know mm -hmm. and then finally at the visitor center we got I got with Janice and we she said we could put it on the outside of the building and we decided it wouldn't fit because the building there has a low roof and you can't see it from the street and stuff and so we were leaving and I just happened to look over and see that there's this big sign with two posts and it, it it's not a sign it was just the metal framework and I'm like what about that and she was oh that's too big and I said I don't think so I think it'll be fit I mean I think it'll fit fit perfect four four panels fit perfect of course we had to make that extra panel at the end <laughs> oh, but how lucky is but that? yeah I was super lucky and then the city guys installed it and a done deal it was great so, oh, yeah. saying that's another one I'd like to see a picture of if you have one. Oh, it's right there you can just go look at it yeah let's do that would be great to put up okay yeah yeah, yeah it's there so so have you are always been interested in art well, sure. Yeah, I've drawn, you know, um, I grew up in Boulder City, and um, my my mom always encouraged us to draw and to be creative and stuff. We weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV, and so, but we always had paper. And oftentimes it was, like, remnants and rolls of paper, and I don't know where she got it, but it was, like, shelf paper. Mm -hmm. And we would tear off a piece of shelf paper and do stuff. 
And most of my drawings as a child were actually on notebook paper, and most of them were done during school. Because <laughs> so, that's what you do. Do you know what? I think, just even in some of the stuff we've been doing, I, I really think better if I'm doodling. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know if it's a fidget thing, but I listen really well. Yeah. And, and maybe teachers know that nowadays, I think. I think so. I, I don't know. Even in college, though, a good deal of my notes were pictures in the mm-hmm. margins. And not pictures of what they were talking about. Oh, of course not. No, but, <laughs> well, because it's more of a therapy, I think. Yeah. Just go your hands are doing something exactly. and they think you're drawing or they think you're taking notes sure so they let you do it so yeah but if they ever asked to see it I'd be in bad shape but so what are any tips and tricks that you have to share uh, I don't know do lots of free stuff because <laughs> eventually <laughs> someone will pay for a cupcake or something well and um, that gives you experience it gets your name sure. out there yeah people love you you know they and do and spread the word yeah and you know I don't I don't think you should take yourself too seriously um, because I think once you start doing that, it's, you know, you lose some of the, I don't know, the brightness, the will to learn and that. So right. I, I, I like always a new technique for uh, the baking and decorating. And I'll try anything once or twice or more. Well, but and I think that's that's what we've talked about is it, that's part of art, I think, is exploring mm-hmm. and just maybe the adventure of it. Yeah, and, and I've learned from you. I mean, I go out there and I see you do something, and I think it looks fabulous, and you sit there and going, I hate it. <laughs> and then you totally redo it, and I thought, man, that she was right. She should have hated that one because this one looks great. You know? <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I wish I could draw like that. That's pretty cool. But you just have such a creative um, – I mean, you – that gnome drawing was like that's he's, my favorite he's my thing. boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I because at first I thought oh man it's so good and I was telling people I said she's got this gnome and it just looks like an old man and mm-hmm. he's adorable and stuff and then when you finished it I thought oh, you know it was it was really good so, if you want to hear the rest of the story on that you're going to need, need to listen to, listen to her to podcast. podcast. Yes, my interview. <laughs> I'll do that. Hey, so before we started here, and I was like, pull, no, I wasn't pulling my hair out because I have no hair, but um, so you, you two job. were talking about what you were going to feed us at paint night next Thursday. And they are in. You want to explain what it is? Sure. Because um, it's, it's art. It is art. Sure. It's art. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to empty that art and put it in my tummy, but it's art. So uh, my, one of my new things to do is I've always done, like, minimal catering for events and stuff like that. I've done weddings a little bit and baby showers and things like that. And I just like I like to cook. But I've discovered this thing. It's called a charcuterie board. And Can you spell that? Sure. C-H-A-R-C-U-T-E-R-I-E. Board. B-O-A-R-D. That's impressive. Yes, <laughs> and um, they're beautiful. It's just an assortment of different foods, usually meats, cheeses, crackers, nuts, fruit, things like that. Maybe some a little jar of um, savory jam or something like that. And it's on a wooden board. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to try that. So I, I've made a couple of those. And then a friend of mine, her, she and her husband for Christmas, they made me a charcuterie board out of redwood, and it is beautiful. And I love it. But... I have also seen what they're calling jar-cuterie meals, so <laughs> and they're so cute because they're in jars. How cute does that get? They're in little tiny mason jars, like a four or six ounce jar, and each jar has its own little feast in it, and you have it on skewers, and so nothing gets soggy, and it gets, it's just so cute. It's like a little flower arrangement, but in a jar. Yeah, they're beautiful. And it's food. And it's very artistic, though, to be able to put it in there and, and get... 
and again, I can copy anything. Right. So, but you'll be you'll once you do it a few times, then you'll have yeah, your own style. Yeah, I've googled them, and um, the people on Pinterest. Do you have my <laughs> kudos? Because yeah, because they put up the photos, so I can copy it. Right. So we're going to practice. I have actually a celebration of life for a very dear friend of mine that passed. Um, that's this coming weekend. But on Thursday, we're going to practice with the jarcuteries at paint night here at the visitor center. We are happy to be your, your test subjects. That'll work. Yeah. yeah, I don't even have to paint then. I mean, <laughs> no, you just, do. I'll just, I'll just come for the food. No, it'll be I good. came for the jarcuterie. See, he even said it. You're good. So I guess we're going to wrap up here soon. But first, and you were talking about paper or something? Something you were talking about paper. And it just reminded me of a story about you. It's probably my most favorite story, and it has to do with paper. Oh, we, went, we went down on a project with Department, uh, um, Department of Wildlife, Endow, okay? And it was to, there was a guzzler, and if people don't, we, you know what we can put on the website what a guzzler is? A guzzler is a small game guzzler where, in the middle of a desert where small animals can go get a drink of water. There had been a fire around this guzzler. I think they put a game cam out and no game had come near the guzzler for a long time. Their idea was to plant some plants around, some desert plants. Okay, so a bunch of us did it. We went down there and Brenda, being the good person she is thinking, always thinking, she took down uh, outhouse. Okay, and she hauled it down in the back of her car. It's outhouse. A truck on a trailer, not, a, yeah. not in the like back of my one? car. Yeah. Like a porta potty, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. On wheels. On wheels, yeah. Okay, so she, she bought it down there, and I don't know how much it was used, but I'm sure it was used. My story picks up, um, and Brenda was clueless about this because we said, Brenda, you go first, and we'll stay behind you just in case your outhouse falls off or something. She was ahead of us, and the toilet paper comes out a little bit. Okay, and then it comes out a little bit more, and it comes out a little bit more. And there's a bunch of us following you, and of course, everybody is roaring laughing, you can see. <laughs> I don't, it probably didn't get to a quarter mile, because there's probably not a quarter mile toilet paper on there, but it sure seemed like. There was a lot. Okay. <laughs> so somebody finally got up with Brenda and stopped her, and they went out and took the toilet paper. But it, yeah. it, it was that was pretty funny yeah tina she she was laughing so hard she could hardly talk she goes you have a you have a you have a <laughs> the paper and i'm like what and, and so, we don't get cell service down there so nobody could call you and tell no you. but they wouldn't have anyway because she was too busy busy too busy videoing it on her phone yes so that's recorded forever yeah. so that's almost my favorite brenda story yeah. so brenda thank you number one for being my friend for all these years six years or so yes and thank you for doing this i know that when you came in here you thought maybe we'd talk for five minutes and you would be done and I, th I think that the three of us have very comfortably talked for an hour and 39 seconds can you believe it see it doesn't even seem like that does no because we're just visiting i guess yeah i think it's just three friends bsing I'm, I'm really grateful and blessed to have both of you as my friends, too. And, again, it wouldn't have happened unless I'd somehow gotten this job. But right. here we are, and I'm grateful. And, and what a great service you provide. My gosh, I, I look at all the people I've met on the hikes and just how how happy people are to find. They're that pretty they're excited about all that's out there, and, and it's just nice. It's a nice group of people. and uh, It is, and I think there's a lot yeah. of people who maybe don't have a spouse or friends that but they want to hike and they can't go by themselves and right it's a lot safer to go in a group yeah, yeah. to have 
Most definitely. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I've just, I've met some of the most interesting people uh, doing this. It's just, you know, because I would not know you guys if it wasn't for nope. this. No. So, yeah. I'm so sure. I, I would suggest for people moving into the area, look up Friends of Gold Butte. Come by the office at 12 West Mesquite Boulevard, across from City Hall. Come in and see Brenda. Or any yeah. one of the other wonderful volunteers that are here on the days I'm not. Yeah, or go to friendsofgoldbutte.com. Actually, that would be friendsofgoldbutte.org. Come and look and see what's cooking, but um, the fall will come, and there will be many, many hikes to go on. And you're going to meet pretty much all my friends are yeah. I've met through Friends of Gold Butte now. True, true. So, Brenda, thanks, thanks again. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Friends of Gold Butte for allowing us to record this episode of the Art Box in their offices. What's inspired you this week, Steve? Well, you know what? Um, and you've already asked me and I've already said, oh, being an artist in residence inspires me and everything. But I was, I took the ride in Cathedral Valley the other day, which is the northernmost part of Capitol Reef National Park. It is a 98 mile round trip. You got a Florida River four-wheel drive ride okay, but the, the place I went to take Milky Way there is this thing called Glass Mountain you ever heard of Glass Mountain not until you went there well I, I hadn't heard it of it until I saw a sign that said Glass Mountain it's like okay so I'm gonna go look at Glass Mountain because I'd already looked at the other features there and it wasn't a mountain it's about 15 foot tall Okay, and after I got home, I Googled it, and it's a, a what they say, a plug. So it's glass, and it's full of all this glass. And I thought, okay, neat, but so what? There was a moon, and it wasn't a full moon, and I'm taking my other pictures, and I look around, and there's something glowing, okay, and it's Glass Mountain. It has all these little glass spots that are just glowing white, reflecting the moon and I was like wow this is just crazy so I'm pretty inspired about that I have to think about why I'm inspired does it mean anything to those moonbeams that are coming out of this little chunk of earth mean anything I don't know but that's why I'm inspired wow, what a unique place yeah totally so Rochelle how about you we passed a huge milestone in my little family my oldest son turned 18 this week and so that's just been a really good time of reflection, I guess, thinking, of course, back to when he was born and uh, just where we've been throughout his 18 years and, you know, changing houses, changing careers, all kinds of stuff. So I think it's just been a great time to look back on where we've been and where he's going as an adult and his dreams and, and my husband's and my dreams for him. So that's been definitely my inspiration as of late. So, and I think we should say, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sam. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. That's it for us, um, this episode of The Art Box. Thanks, guys. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, The Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. 
To find our next and past podcasts, visit us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com.